Welcome to HR in the Car with Miriam Duchesne and Tom Shin of Alant Workforce Solutions, where exciting HR professionals and business leaders share laughter, insider stories, and maybe even a few tears about HR in today's world. Buckle up for the best half hour of your week. So my family and I went on a trip recently, Miriam, and we talked about the difference between New York drivers and California drivers. And it was sort of tongue-in-cheek, but it was this experiential thing. The New York drivers would be flipping the bird at you for driving a certain way, while the California driver would say, oh, you look hurt, but I'm going to drive right past you. <laughs> and it just comes to mind as we're talking about our next guest, John Robinson, from Our Ability, and what's possible? What, what kind of things can you do? Uh, what are you passing by that you might be missing out on just by nature of stopping and asking a question. Absolutely. He has a great story. So take a listen so you can learn more. So John, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to have you. So as we usually start with most guests, can you tell us just a little bit about who you are and your organization? My name is John Robinson. I am a quadruple amputee, 54 years old, white male, brush cut, (laughs) uh, I like to think I'm handsome, um, <laughs> somewhat round, but I am president and CEO of Our Ability Incorporated, and that's important to me. I'm mm-hmm. also married for 30 years, three children. That's also equally important to me. I'm a, a business leader here in the community, which is, which is really nice. We have turned into a technology company, never meaning to be, and we've, we've kept it here in, in the capital region, which is also very important to me. So talk to us just a little bit about your life and your career. And I know you've talked about this publicly. You've, I've seen you in speaking engagements and things like that. But share a little bit about your transition from working for other organizations as a salesperson and moving into our ability. It really kind of starts after I graduated university in 1990, the same year that the American with Disabilities Act was signed. I thought that the world would be ready for somebody three foot eight, no arms, no legs, going out and selling advertising in the, in the television world. And I interviewed with TV stations and networks for four and a half years before <laughs> I got my first job opportunity. And this was at a time when my, my college roommates in the same program all got jobs right away. Yeah. And so really it came down to what I looked like. Then I had a, a really good experience in my first television sales job. I did very well, won some awards, then was recruited to move here to Albany. News Channel 13 here in Albany recruited me out of Syracuse to come here. Had a good five years here at at WNYT and then moved over to WMHT Public Broadcasting. It was a great sort of dream-fulfilling opportunity. I'd always wanted to be in media. But in the back of my mind, I've never forgotten the, the period of time of being unemployed. And at the end of my time at WMHT, more and more companies asked me to speak to their salespeople. And I couldn't fundamentally understand why. Why, why do you want me to speak to your salespeople? And it, it had to be pointed out to me that because I've overcome a lot in, in creating a good sales career. That got me speaking more and more often. I started speaking to large companies, Microsoft, Bank of America, Aflac, and the speeches got bigger and bigger. But when I, when I started to say that I was unemployed after university, the very few other people with obvious disabilities would shake their head, nod their head and say, yes, they had the same experience. And that really started to formulate a plan that I could create a company, use my business and sales acumen to create a mentor network for people with disabilities to help the next generation. You know, when you start a business, you take left and right hand turns 
And that's turned into what we are now, which is a technology company that's building a generative AI-driven engine that helps people with disabilities find employment. And really, it's a solution to something I needed a generation ago. Yeah, definitely. So share with us a little bit, and you might have this statistic off the top of your head, but we, you know, everyone talks about the unemployment rate being so low. But the reality of the situation is the unemployment rate for people with disabilities is significantly higher. Yeah. The unemployment rate, based on the Department of Labor stats, you know, if the unemployment rate for the general population is 4%, the technical unemployment rate for people with disabilities is about 10%. Yeah. But that does not take into consideration people that have left the labor force because they haven't been working in the last 13 months or people that are underemployed in comparison to their ability. The real unemployment rate for people with disabilities is about 65 to 70%. Ouch. And it had, yeah. And it hasn't changed dramatically in in the 30 years that we've left, you know, work centers and, and the Willowbrooks of the world. So we're, we're not doing something right. I think we're all doing uh, what we can do, whether it be state agencies or whether it be uh, nonprofits or federal government, we're trying to do the right thing, but the process hasn't evolved. And so what we're hoping to do is to tackle the process. Can we create technology that makes it simpler for the job developer, job coach entity, as well as the person with a disability to match to open positions. And so if you look at it from a data set standpoint, every job has a description. Mm -hmm. Every description has qualities that you need in that person. If you take the label off that person, and then you look at the person's ability and interests and skills and take the label off that, can you make a marriage? And if you can make the marriage, then can you go back to both entities and say to the person with a disability, you can do this, and to the corporation, there's somebody that's qualified that you may not have thought otherwise is qualified. So when we say we're effectively at full employment in, here in 2023 in July, you know, we are, except when we consider that certain marginalized, mm-hmm. pop, marginalized populations aren't part of that, and especially people with disabilities. Absolutely. Yeah. We talk a lot about reaching diverse populations, just in HR in general. But that's one piece that goes by the wayside for many organizations. I mean, I understand you're using a saw and and this and that and the other when you can't. There's those dynamics. But from a brain power standpoint, to project manage something or to do computer programming, you might have to, you know, use use some tools to audio record different things. The brain power is there to do it. Yeah. Right, it's the want and desire, and I've I've talked to a lot of even the ARC contingents who use um, their workforce to supplement things, and then they tell me the wage rates. I'm like, how? You're not even paying folks the right amounts, yeah. and and it, it it breaks my heart. But you know, I I would love to know the technology piece and how you came to come up with that side of it. I know you mentioned artificial intelligence. We we started as a very simple jobs board. What happened was those first few companies that hired me to speak out in North America would ask us if they could post jobs. They didn't want to mentor people necessarily, although that was nice. They wanted to get their jobs out there to our community and people with disabilities started flooding us with resumes. What happened just about a year and a half before COVID, we were sought out by Syracuse University. They had a capstone project that they wanted to work on real issues. They gave us eight grad students and they said, can we code something that makes more sense? In the back of my mind, I always thought about my first representative at Vocational Rehabilitation in New Hampshire when I was a kid, the very first question he asked me was, what do you want to do? And somewhere that question's been lost in the disability placement world. 
And so I wanted to create a system, can we ask, what do you want to do? What do you have the ability to do? What do you have the skills to do? So when I said that to Syracuse somewhere around 2018, they came back to us with students and they, they said, here's what we think we can do. Almost at the same time, we started conversations with Microsoft and Microsoft AI for Good program. And we received the first Microsoft AI for Good program for employment. And so we received this gift and we received people and we started building what I had wanted to do. And up until about six months ago, the system that we created with Syracuse you know, was up and going and great. And then OpenAI changes the world. ChatGPT has changed the world just in a little period of time. That's got us changing what we're doing pretty dramatically. And what we're going to have here in the next little while is a conversational AI-driven system. On your phone, you answer six questions, and we start flooding you with jobs that match. And instead of a big, long form field now, we can drill it down to six answers, build your profile with your resume, and you're, you're ready to go. And we're so excited about the technology that's, that's helping this. You know, we hear the negative to OpenAI and ChatGPT right now, and people are worried about where it's mm -hmm. going, and are we all going to be phased out as people? Okay, we can worry about that. But in the meantime, we can solve some problems that we couldn't solve before because of this emerging technology, and that's what we are doing at Our Ability. I love that story. I think that it's inspiring to know that there's good being done behind the scenes that's much needed. And, you know, one of the reasons we have this forum is so we can talk about these things and share the information to basically give you that loudspeaker. Um, you know, are there particular messages you're trying to get out there that you haven't been able to broadcast as loudly? I think the, the messages are a fewfold. One is that we do have the ability to do something. You, you never know what somebody can do. Mm -hmm. And I think the best person to answer the question of what you can do is yourself. So a good, a good recruiter, a good HR manager should be asking the question, how are you going to perform the job function? Because if I'm interviewing for something, I've already thought about it. I've thought it through. I've thought the positives and the negatives. I've thought the accommodation piece all through. And so I'll answer that question head on. So one of the things we preach all the time with, with corporate America is focus on the job function. You're always in a safe space if you're asking somebody how they're going to perform the job function. So that's, that's sort of A. You know, the other part of it is that we are solving problems with technology. Just an example there, I was down in um, Richmond, Virginia, SHRM meeting, which is a really about 1,000 people in their SHRM meeting yeah, speaking. Yeah, big one. Yeah, great, great group in the spring. And we, prior to that, we had a meeting with Voc Rehab in, in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And they know what we're doing in technology. And they turned around and said, you know, we've got this backlog of a database. And in the database, the, the people that are inputting information about each person with a disability in Virginia need to create a resume out of that. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, we're doing that in reverse. We can reverse engineer that pretty rapidly. So now we're talking about the state of Virginia that we can take that backlog, almost instantly fix that so that that will help the state of or the Commonwealth of Virginia work with more people in, in a much faster situation. And I imagine state by state, region by region, you're going to pick up more and more lessons on how to translate all this in kind of a universal system. That's exactly right. There have been other entities around the United States that have tried, but because we've focused on the information from AI rather than, you know, your typical form field, the way Facebook started or, or LinkedIn started, we, we lent it to something else, and that's, that's, that's rapidly sped up what we're doing. 
Now, I know because I've, I've done a demo of the site. And so what you're talking about, the, the thing that was I, I was interested in was, is it common for people with disabilities to not have resumes? Because I know that's part of that whole system is to help them build a profile that demonstrates their skills and their abilities. And that was interesting to me because it, it had never occurred to me that that was an issue that needed to be solved. I think it's, it's an interesting dynamic. Uh, I think those of us in a professional space are used to having a resume or yeah. a profile. We're, you know, that's just second nature to everything we do. But there is a, a, a segment of our population, whether it be intellectual developmental disabilities or physical disabilities early on in the process, you may not have a resume. So what we've tried to create is, we call it a profile, we try to create a profile that can act as a resume for those that don't have it. Mm -hmm. That's really important for us yeah. because we're trying to lower any barrier to entry. And yes. if not having a resume is a barrier, let's, let's fix that. Absolutely, definitely. That's really interesting that you bring that in. I, I think from a lot of landscapes, a lot of the candidate populations, so we can even think about folks who might have some visual impairment that you know, have to, maybe they don't have access to the tools to input the information. Right. right. So you're giving a whole bunch of folks a new voice to get a chance out there. And it's probably more education with the employers, in my mind, of being open-minded to it. I think the natural incorrect presumption is that an employer who wants to hire for their organization is going to be added costs if they look to hire people with various disabilities, physical, excuse me, physical or intellectual. And are you working on education for those employers to break down that barrier too? Because I think it's a, I think it's a, a misperception. Yeah, over 50% of accommodations are $0. And once you say that <laughs> Come to, to on. a company, right. they've got the solution already there. Yeah. You know, the accommodation for me here at News Channel 13 was... Uh, you know, the, the sales offices were on the third floor yeah. with no elevator. Yeah. Um, the accommodation wasn't put an elevator in for 50 grand. It was move my office downstairs. That's free. Yeah. So th it can happen. But to your point, yes, a lot of what we're doing is acting as a resource to the business. So, yep, the, the corporation subscribes to us. We put the jobs up on, on the website. We've got a funnel of candidates on through. But it's more more than that. It's... Mm -hmm. You know, we get phone calls or emails from the company to say, how do we deal with this? What is the accommodation process that we should be looking at? We're not attorneys, but we, we know people in every situation. If we can't answer the question, we can help them answer the question. I we run just, into those questions regularly. All, all I mean, the time. And I was just going to ask that. I was right? just going to ask, can employers seek you out or seek out the organization to help navigate those waters. Absolutely, and we hope that they do. We want our partners, and even those that are not our partners, call us, ask us questions. We've acquired a, an amazing knowledge base without ever meaning to on helping, helping the process of, of matching people with disabilities to jobs, and accommodation is part of that. Right, right. And, and, and that's an interesting dynamic in that most of those accommodations, we've seen it on our staffing days where someone would request an accommodation because they had to, with air quotes, Sometimes it's something simple, like you said, moving the desk, and it becomes that argument of, oh, we can't do that. Is it that you can't do it or you won't don't, do it? Don't right. want to do it. Right. Or that, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a, could it be done? Yeah, moving a desk, easy, right. right? It's just having a station and you can come up with that. Exactly. 
So I know that we're partnering with the organization. We have the jobs, our jobs listed. But do you know of any, do you have any examples or stories of success with people that are using the system or employers that are using the system? We do. We, we've, we've had some great success locally with, uh, with Price Chopper Market 32 and, and Cephcube before they changed to Broadview. I think the best story of success comes again from, from Virginia. We had a friend of ours in a meeting with Dominion Energy talking about what was going on with, with jobs ability in our, our system. And one of the persons in the meeting was from Performance Food Group. And he, he spoke up and said, we hired two people from the system last week. And he was just happened to be in the meeting for a different reason. And Dominion was asking our, our counterpart in Virginia, does it work? And Performance got a chance to say it out loud. We didn't know. We, oh. knew, we knew <laughs> that everybody was using it, but we didn't know. And so it's great to have a, a moment like that where, okay, there's some, there's some validity. You know, you build something, you hope people use it, you know the traction on each side, but does the marriage get made? You don't know, but, but then we, we get to find out once in a while. Gotcha. I have to do a better job of tracking that. I got to make sure the team knows. <laughs> Uh-oh. I better do a better job of that because I want it, I want those success stories. We'll help you. <laughs> Sounds good. So how does someone go about connecting? We'll include your contact information in our show notes when we publish the episode. But in terms of is there a specific website they can just start for starter information? I'm curious, what, where do I go? Ourability.com and the product is jobsability.com. So if you've you got the word ability in it and our or jobs, you're going to find us. Uh, and I've been a pretty public person for the past 12 years, so you can find me through any of the social media channels as well. Awesome. If you ever have an opportunity to see John speak live, please take advantage of it. It's inspiring. It's hilarious. You are an amazing storyteller. Thank you. But um, I highly recommend that if you can talk to John, get to meet John, or see him speak in person, that you will not regret it. So as we, as we wrap up and in keeping with our HR in the car theme, what is the tool in your roadside assistance kit that you, your go-to when you are performing work, doing whatever, what is your go-to? So I've got two go-tos and I thought, I thought about this. If I'm driving to a meeting, if I'm, if I'm driving to an appointment, if, if going somewhere fun, my mental go-to is to play the tragically hip. Canadian rock band, uh, <laughs> Gord Downey passed away recently, but I saw them 30 times before he did. Oh my and so, gosh. Yeah. So my, my go-to is I'll put on the hip and, and zone out while I'm driving. My emotional toolkit go-to is, are, the, are the friends in my life. I lived with eight guys in college and uh, I talk a lot about them when I give my talks. But the truth is we... They've raised me as much as I've raised them and have forged me in my life. And so if I have a situation, if I have a problem, if I want to vent, um, if I've got sort of an emotional flat tire, you know, I'm calling one of those guys and just, just touching. And that's it. It's not about the sp situation specifically. It's, you know, they grounded me when I was, you know, 17 years old. And then they've always continued to be able to ground me at certain times. And so that's, that's my toolkit. That's awesome. John, we're going to use that emotional flat tire again. I'm sure of it. That's a great euphemism. Oh my God, yeah. It's a perfect <laughs> euphemism for, for well our done. podcast. Well done. So thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to learning more in the future about the success of the organization. Thank you very much. It's been fun. Thanks. 
So you employers out there that are complaining about a labor shortage, that are complaining about not enough people to hire from, are you really looking in the right spots? It's so true. And we've been doing this staffing thing for a long time. So we fly through resumes like there's no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And we know there's tons of conversations out there where they just bleed past the resume because there's a gap versus... Yes. And that's that filter out, right? Let me filter them out. Filter, filter them out, out instead of filter in. Absolutely. Right? And you heard John talk about that four and a half year span after college of not being able to find a job when realistically, right? And objectively, you should have hired them. Absolutely. And they missed out on such a great person. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I think I think it's really important for people to start focusing on the functions Let's start breaking down those boxes and breaking down those barriers of what the traditional norms were when it comes to hiring, when it comes to our applicant pools, when it comes to the candidates, because we are not doing a, a, serve, a good service to not only us as employers, but as the community as a whole. So to learn more about our ability and jobs ability, talk to John. He's a great resource. He is the most welcoming person you will ever meet. Go to our website, which is Alant.com. Check out the show notes for John, and you will see the links to our ability, jobs ability, and um, we thank you once again for listening. Have a great day.